Hello there and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, June 7th, 2021. He is Tristan Happy Cockcroft, Kyle Sopi producers and researches, and I am merely Eric Carabell. Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. On today's show, Tristan will sing and dance, but also, what is up with Jesse Winker and Patrick Wisdom? Another top pitching prospect is set to debut and everyone's hurt. Tristan, how are you today? You're not hurt, I hope. <laughs> I'm not hurt. No, I, I I'm probably not doing as well as the Reds and Winker, <laughs> but I'm doing all right for a Monday. Isn't he incredible? He's on pace for 48 home runs right now. And oh man. I remember, and I wrote about him in my blog today and I was like, I mean, I expected someday a 30 home run season, but it's going to have that by the all-star break. And I, I, I look further into his numbers today and it is all legit. I mean, he did. did have you, you seen his walk rate? It's mm-hmm. almost divided in half. He's just swinging at everything in the zone or a little bit out and he's driving everything. He's hitting it opposite field. He's doing everything right. This is a guy like Adolis Garcia can't keep this up, but Jesse Winker can, this is incredible. And he's such a nice guy. He plays fantasy football. Like remember speaking to him. I, I do you realize how many years ago that I spoke to him at that um, futures game. I didn't realize it was 2014. Wow. Wow. Seven yeah. years. Yeah. Anyway, he, what are your he's... thoughts? He's ultimately the, the, the post-type sleeper. Um, we, we talked about the fact that he brought in some of the best plate discipline of any prospect at the time of his arrival, and it took a while for him to fully grasp hitting for power. And, I mean, over the past two years, the metrics just back it up in a big way. Over a 13% barrel rate, 2021 and, uh, 2020 and 2021 hard hit rates, the highest of his career. We're looking at 54% and still keeping that with the, the great plate discipline. It's an amazing year for him. You're right. It's all legit. I mean, he and Nick Castellanos are the best one-two punch in the outfield right now uh, mm-hmm. in baseball. Not that that means much, but I mean, it's just they're both ha- – and and I think Winker is more likely to hit 350 based on his place dis- plate discipline, but I looked at Castellanos' numbers too, and they look pretty legit as well. Either way, neither of these guys had a 30-home run season, and both look like they're going to do it this season, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be tough for Winker to get there. Thirteen more homers to get he's to thirty. On, yeah, the question way. is just the question is just how valuable is he in a traditional roto sense? Because we know with this kind of walk rate, this kind of contact rate, he's going to be amazing in anything sabermetric and especially our points leagues. How valuable is he from this point forward in a in a five by five? Well, let me let me ask you this: in a points league sense, and this this would be more for AJ Mass, I guess. But like, was Winker more valuable? with 100 walks and 30 home runs or with 60 walks and 40 home runs? What's more valuable in a points league? I, I think that's a legitimate question. Now, obviously, I think he's more valuable this way if he hits 40 home runs. That's crazy. We love him. He's a top 10 player. But he was like, he was progressing to be like a Joey Votto in his prime type guy with the walks, the batting average, and like 30 home runs. That's what Votto used to do. And yeah. Votto was a monster in fantasy in points league. So like, yeah. is there a... I mean, he's not changing what he's doing right now, but if he did go back to getting 20% walk rate with less power, that would still be a really valuable player. Yeah, I see your point. Just kind of running the math, if you move the walks into the home run column, does it make much of a difference? For me, the only difference between those is consistency game over game. I tend to think that the players who have their stats wrapped up in home runs are a little bit less consistent week over week. So if you're in a head-to-head format, that's going to come into play. The other is that some of these players who sacrifice some of those walks in order to go for power do it at the expense of strikeouts, and that does negatively influence players in points league. So it kind of depends on the guy. He's not doing it. I mean, he 
His worst K rate of his career was last year, twenty a little over 25%. It's back where it was in the early stage of his career. So he's not sacrificing anything. And I think that's the key fantasy-wise is that he's done this without giving anything up in his game. He can't keep up this pace, granted. But he's a top. he's got to be a top 50 player overall in points leagues at this point, without question. Is he there in Roto? He might yeah. be there in Roto. He has to be there in Roto. I mean, he's on pace for 48 home runs. I mean... Mm-hmm. So, he was yeah. a guy who, th- this is the thing for you and I, he went into our top 20 outfielders a couple, like at least a few weeks ago. I remember seeing that happen. I, I think I had him 17th in the ranking set I did two weeks ago. And now I'm tempted. Does he firmly belong in that top 10? It's a third of the season. It's, I've seen enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you'd have to be comparing him to other guys, but yes, yeah. I've seen enough at this point to say, I mean, I would still, would you still take Castellanos over him if you were drafting today? He's done it for longer. He's done it for longer. I, I, I tend to go to the plate discipline guy. So I, I guess just the snap judgment, I would take Winker. All right. Let's talk about some other players that aren't rostered in all of ESPN's leagues. Patrick wisdom. I mean, that's seven home runs in two weeks. That's a lot of home runs. And I looked at his minor league numbers. I remember him as a Cardinal, I believe, and thinking, okay, this is one of these Christian Walker types for a type players. Walker became more than that. Um, is wisdom becoming more than that? Now he's not taking walks. He's striking out, swinging, missing. Mm-hmm. When If I compared it, like in my column, I compared him to Jonathan Scope. I'd rather have Scope because I know Scope can hit 25 home runs and bat 260. I mean, we're going to see see 150-point batting average drop from wisdom in a week or two. But if he keeps hitting for power, I mean, is he Shane Spencer or is he a guy that sticks around? Um, would you add him today? I, just, I decided in my NL-only league, Labor, not to spend money on wisdom and still wait for the July 30th trade deadline. And, and yeah, waiting for who comes over from the other league is a little more important now. So I see the strategy you took. I probably would have made a bid for Patrick Wisdom. I, I feel like it's worth juicing this orange, and I think it really is just juicing the orange. I mean, the, the thing that stands out to me is it's a 38% barrel rate. That is just, frankly, completely unsustainable. Um, he might run into a few pitches. I wish I could really dive into the StatCat metrics like the meatball rates and things like that because I'm looking at he has a 100% swing rate on meatballs, getting a lot of pitches down the heart of the plate. So he might just be running into some very fortunate pitches. But you know what? You might as well enjoy this right now because it's carved out a regular role for him in the lineup and counting numbers do matter, especially in the league you're talking about. I like meatballs, and now I yes. want a meatball farm sandwich. So <laughs> lunch I'm, is coming up, <laughs> but I don't have any meatballs in the house. So now you have forced me. Okay, my editors aren't going to be pleased with this. You have forced me to go out and get a meatball farm sandwich and prolong the other story that I was writing that has a deadline. Have you heard so, of delivery? <laughs> you are the problem today, sir. I just want you to know because you uh-huh. said meatballs not once but twice. Who talks about meatballs in a Patrick Wisdom soliloquy? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Delivery, man. You got to get delivery. <laughs> um, your boy, uh, Miguel Andohar is not drawing walks. And it stunned me to know that he is not alone <laughs> in this walk rate phenomenon. I can't remember. I, I say this on every show. I can't remember a time where we were in June and three players had roughly 100 plate appearances with nary a walk. We see low walk rates all the time. Sal Perez never wants to walk. Tyler O'Neill is just making things hard for himself. You know, Pilar doesn't walk. Lourdes Gurriel. Hanser Alberto, Miguel Andujar, Williams Acedillo have a combined like 300 plate appearances with zero walks. Mm-hmm. That's really hard to do. And they're not striking out a lot. Okay. And Duhar's at 25%. The other guys never. They're, they're contact guys. But 
zero walks? Why would a pitcher ever throw them a strike? It's a fair point. Yeah. And I, the Astadio is the name that rings in my mind here. Why would you do that? Except that he's, he is an amazing contact guy. I mean, Alberto is as well. He's historically been one of the best contact hitters. So I, I'm not sure why this is. It's it's very puzzling. You think one of them would fall into one walk at some point. Andrew right. Hart's going to be problematic. There, I think he's the one who I would worry about pitchers working around and that causing an, a needed adjustment. How can the Yankees keep playing a guy who's not a left fielder and is not a good hitter every day? Oh, you know the answer to that. They don't have anybody else. No, they they need to just do anything they can. They're the Yankees are grasping at straws at this point. They're having problems in center field. They're throwing Chris Gittens at first base because they can't figure out that position. They need to get somebody new in the lineup, and Andohar is getting some clutch hits and clutch hits drive lineup I'm positioning. I'm going to call this. him Mittens if that's okay with you. I like it better than hard hitting Chris Gittens because that's stealing somebody else's nickname. Hard hitting <laughs> Mittens. Um, is there anything there with Mittens? I mean, would you add him in a league? I, he's added in one of my leagues already. If it's an AL only, I'd say go ahead. I'm not not remotely and otherwise I, I watched each of the at-bats wasn't overwhelmed he's not a bad player it's just i need to see some proof at the major league level first uh Montessi's back on the injured list oh here's my shocked face i you know like i don't know what people expect here i mean it's a different injury than the last one it was oblique now it's hamstring he's always hurt and he's exciting and i want him to play but this is byron buxton like at this point right this is a guy who can't stay on the field but when he's on the field, you can't stop watching. Now, Buxton is going, I think, on a rehab assignment this week, and he could be back within a week. Twins are still in trouble. But with Mondesi, like, yeah, he could lead the league in steals, but he can't do it playing 70 games this season. It's disappointing. Yeah. He's a really exciting player, and it's the unfortunate pattern we keep bringing up. And I should have just said no comment off the bat because I've already said my piece for years over. Don't trade for him. Don't, don't, don't be that guy or gal who trades for Montessi or Buxton and says, oh, they'll be healthy for me. They won't be healthy for you. And don't trade for Aaron Judge. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, when yeah. you're always hurt and Judge yeah. is healthy today, I'm not trying to wish anything. This is no jinx. When he gets hurt, it'll be not because of me saying it. It'll be because he's always hurt. But like, brittle players are brittle for a reason. They don't get healthier as they get older. So just be careful. Yeah. Health is a skill. We've said it many times um, poor evan longoria he was having a great season huh i know yes now it's yeah. a, it's gonna be out four to six weeks and you can't keep him around in an espn standard league i don't think nope so don't nope. um <laughs> right i mean they're they're very good year good not great player at this stage of his career but there are so many more important players to put on your il spots just the, the fact sorry what do, you, what do you make of cedric mullins we i don't think we discussed him or any oriole on this show but, I mean, Cedric Mullins, I'm not surprised that he's stealing bases because I remember I, I bid a few dollars on him, might have been last year in tout, and I got nothing. But he has nine home runs. Mm-hmm. He has nine home runs and nine steals mm-hmm. with a good walk rate. And he's yeah. scoring runs, he's hitting for average, and it's not all BABIP. And Cedric Mullins looks like a star. And I did not expect to be saying that. But, I mean, how many? he's on pace for 25 and 25 at least. Yeah. With a 300 average, I think, right? What's he at? 320-something? 322. And, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but everything he's doing right now looks legitimate. And I'm trying to do a comp here to, a like, how many 25-25 guys are even out there? He, he kind of falls in the statistical range of Michael Brantley's better years. With more speed. I mean, obviously, uh, he has more Brantley speed. Brantley, in that, in that period of Brantley's career, I think, 
The raw speed is better. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I don't think the power is quite to the extent that Brantley's was. But statistically today where he's tracking. Uh, Brantley had a couple of years where he stole high team. He stole 23 one year. But I I, I don't know. I mean, I think Brantley was a guy with an even walk K Ray for a while. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody who like I, I view Mullins as like a 260 or 270 hitter. So I, I could be totally off base there. But um, I think you yeah. are a little bit. I, I would be giving him. Is this Starling Marte? This is Starling Marte. Kind no, of? that's see, that's the other. Th- well, OK, I see where you're going with the steals and the the, the projections. 40 steals. It might be 40 steals. It might be a 20 homer. If this is a 20 homer, 40 steal guy. That's crazy. This is the thing with Marte. He's he's inverted in the plate discipline. He's a little better at at avoiding bad pitches. I'm not going to say he's a big time walker. He is so far. Marte swings at everything. Mullins, not so much. Mullins makes better contact than Marte does. It's it's not a perfect comp. I, I, I talked about him early in the year. The, the thing I like about him is that he has locked down a great role with opportunity at the beginning of the year due to other injuries, and he has not given it back once. You got you to gotta applaud a guy who's done this. It's like Winker in the National League. Hmm. Grisham? No, Grisham doesn't run as much. Okay, let's move on. But I and I can't find, You'll find a comp. It. You'll find I'll it. I'll find my comp eventually. Let's move on now to the uh, combo meals, and you sing a song. Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo, combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. Sure is, and these players were making moves earlier this week, and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com/sports. Kyle Seeger and Jake Fraley, the Mariners, were comboing on Thursday night. Friday, it was Whit Merrifield, who continues to steal bases. And anyone who thinks he can't steal 25 bases or 30 at his age in 30s is wrong. Uh, And then nothing on Saturday or Sunday. But I do want to point out something to you, kind sir. Because on our last show or the show before it, you said Dom Smith will never, ever have a combo meal again in his career. Or is like the lowest, like unlikeliest guy. I'm sure Kyle can find the tape somewhere. And on Sunday... Dom Smith homered and was caught stealing. So I'm not going to say that's a combo meal. It's kind of like he bought the combo meal, but then didn't eat it. You know, he went to McDonald's and then he dropped the Big <laughs> Mac on the floor. It. <laughs> he returned it. He but decided it, not to eat the fries. <laughs> he only ate some of the fries. But Dom Smith, after not, not trying to do anything on the base pass in April and May, has two steals and a caught stealing in a week of June. Dom Smith is going to have another combo meal and you're going to eat your combo meal words, sir. You're you're burying the lead that he did successfully. St- I mean, you mentioned the two steals. One of those was the what was it? Combo Saturdays. Meal. Yeah. Well, he had a combo meal. So on Thursday's show, you said he'll never have another combo meal again. Right. But then he he st- he was so mad at me for this. And good for you. I, see, I love this when we say something <laughs> and the players get mad. He steals a base on Saturday, and then, as you said, the the drop it, you know, spilling the fries on the floor as he walks over to the table to eat it. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. And and. He's not a quick dude, so that's pretty impressive. It's a broken combo meal. What are we doing if he does? If he gets a combo meal, what do I have to do? Give me what is it? I'm not sure what else you could do. You want to sing more songs? Buy me lunch? I mean, I'm not sure what else there is. <laughs> Kyle, what should be my punishment if he gets a combo I, I think meal? We lost Kyle, so he can't come back. Um, check your text messages. All right. Anyway, that was it for the combo meals for the weekend, and we'll do them again on Thursday's show. And now we'll move on to Tristan singing about the closers in the carousel. It's the closer carousel. Uh, Lucas Sims is a closer now. How about that? <laughs> it took yeah. like 10 weeks or nine weeks 
And then all of a sudden, uh, David Bell saying, "Okay, you just close everything out." And they're and more importantly, they're they're winning games by not six runs. Yeah. So, which was a Cincinnati staple when they were winning. They're still not even a five hundred team, I don't think. But no, they're not. They're one under. Um. So I ask you, like Lucas Sims looks like a twenty-five save guy now. Um. So do you like him, or do you think that they'll go back to Antone or Amir Garrett? Oh, there, there goes another home run, or somebody else like. Could you make the case for Lucas Sims over Ian Kennedy right now? Because Ian Kennedy could get traded in a month. Yes, absolutely. I think he is definitely ahead of Ian Kennedy at this point. Uh, I, I'd love a promise he's going to close. If if he if I got that, he's a top 10 closer in fantasy. Whoa, top 10 closer. Absolutely. I didn't expect you to say that. Absolutely. So over, over Brad Hand, over um, over Kenley Jansen? No. Razel Iglesias? No. Ryan Presley? No. All right, well, we're running out of top time. Matt, Matt Barnes, <laughs> you're picking <laughs> over Matt Barnes. I would put him over Matt Barnes if you I had. You can't put promise. him over Matt Barnes. I would absolutely put him ahead of Matt Barnes today. As we yeah. sit here, you're putting Lucas Sims with, over Matt Barnes. I I qualified it with the promise that the but you're not going to get a hits. promise. I know you're I'm not. not. I'm not going to rank him ahead of Matt Barnes because Matt Barnes is the closer, and I, that's a very important distinction between these two. But I think that the reason Sims I'm all in today is that there is the opportunity for him to be that. The skills are great. By the way, i got to point out, near 96-mile-per-hour average fastball velocity since he's taken over the spot in the six scoreless appearances. As long as Lucas Sims can not walk people, he should should be okay. It wasn't the prettiest of outings yesterday either, so we'll see. No, they're not always. I mean, Alex Reyes has walked literally walked someone in like his last seven outings. I mean, he has almost a walk per inning and is a walk in every inning. <laughs> it's it's hard to trust. And then Winker hit one five hundred feet, but that's not been Reyes's problem. I just are you more worried about are you more worried about Reyes walking people or Reyes getting hurt? I am more worried about Reyes getting hurt. And it's actually by a pretty noticeable. How about you? I'm curious there. It's by a noticeable margin for me. I'm injured. I think it's the walk. The I I'm I'm more worried. I, I don't I don't want to assume that he can't stay healthy. I hate doing that. I mean, I think with Mondesi and Buxton, you can assume it, okay? But and Strasburg now, but like I don't want to assume that with him. Like he's so young, and you know, and it's a different role. He couldn't handle starting. What if he can handle relieving? That's that's why I'm going to say no. The walks concern me more because, but then again. He could walk everybody and still keep the job. There's no Jordan Hicks. I mean, who uh, like Gallegos lurks, but um, I don't know. I, I still. It, the, the thing is, it's not the injured list that worries me as much as the prospect of it caused by the increase in workload. This is a weird year. We don't know what's going to happen to the pitchers who aren't used to working at the volume that they are. And he is tracking for a league leading caliber relief volume. That's what worries me. Paul Fry finally saved the game. Yeah love him do you no but i do think he's a lot better than caesar valdez i mean come on we knew yeah. in the first week of the season caesar valdez was going to lose this closer role because he he throws 85 miles per hour and you can't get away with that right now mm-hmm. i mean i think cole Sulcer might get some saves and i don't know what happened to tanner scott and hunter harvey's finally active so there's a lot of mess there mm-hmm. but i don't know if any oriole gets 15 saves i don't either i don't know that the i don't even Double know that digits. that bullpen is fantasy relevant but it's Fry has pitched well. We should. I would rather roster Paul Fry than anybody in Arizona's bullpen right now. Um, Anybody in Detroit's former went on the injured list. I don't want Gregory Soto. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Any other teams we're ignoring? Any other changes over the weekend that were interesting to you? Hector Neris uh, had a baby, or his wife did, so that's fun. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Philadelphia, he's clearly their closer, although they went to uh, Connor Brogdon. Yeah. Jose Alvarado is a walks machine. He, he's the lefty version of Alex Reyes. I don't know if he'll stay healthy or if he'll avoid walking people. Throws a wild pitch here and there. He's, you know, he's a walker. That's what you get. Yeah. Um, rumor is Kendall Graveman's going on a rehab assignment from COVID, which I've never yep. heard before. So, but he, he's I just think, been out too long. He needs to yeah. get, wrap up the throwing. Uh, but I have Montero in a league, but I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Daniel Bard had a two inning save at Coors. That, that, that's got to be rare, I would think, right? A two inning save at Coors probably is. Yeah. I would I don't see that too much. Um, I'm going to see if there's been one. I was just trying to find which closer had the most walks in a 30 save season. <laughs> I can see if I fi- can find Coors. <laughs> uh, I'd be interested in that because. Look, it's hard to it's hard to issue that many walks and get away with it. Now, sometimes it happens. I don't know why. Oh, so you know what I do? All right, I'm nuts, of course. But <laughs> you, we're on Baseball Reference all the time, yeah. and you know how they have all like the little pictures on the front, and I just like gloss over it with my mouse. Oh, that guy. Oh, I got it right, but mm-hmm. Eldon Auker, I didn't. You know, I guess this guy and Pete Vukovic showed up on the screen. I'm like, that guy <laughs> never should have won a Cy Young award. And I know him not for what he did on the field, but for being in major league. He was the first baseman. For the Yankees. When this guy and sneezes, he looks like a party favor. He sure does. And he throws his a kid throws at his kids in a father-son tournament. And like Yeah, no, that's what? the closer. That's the closer. Oh, that's a different that's a yeah. Turk or whatever. That's um, uh, any Duke. The Duke. The Duke. Duke. But Pete Vukovic walked 102 hitters in his Cy Young season. He had a 1.50 whip and he won the Cy Young over Jim Palmer and up and Dave yeah. Steve and so many more guys who were deserving. Yeah. I mean Come on. Who was voting for this? <laughs> because he had 18 wins and no one else did won a yeah. Cy Young award and forever he will be called Cy Young award winner. And you know, I hope yeah. maybe he's a really nice guy. I don't want to you know anger him, but the point is walks kill you. I don't know what my point was. I'm going to get back on track here. <laughs> All right. The schedule. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not going to give it. You're not going to give me the only guy since the only guy since 1980 to have 60 walks and 30 saves in a season. You should know it. <laughs> Mitch Williams. Mitch Williams. <laughs> when you say you should know it, that kind of gives it away. 1991, he did it. Yeah. It wasn't Tug McGraw. He had 60 uh, walks and 36 innings. He had 61 walks and 30 saves, I believe it was. Oh, and 30 saves. My goodness. Yeah. He was wild. I mean, there's a reason the, uh, why it's a wild thing. The record for walks in a 30 save season was Mike Marshall, but that's volume related. <laughs> yeah. Who just passed, by the way. Uh, and he won a Cy Young Award and he yep. deserved it. All yes. right, schedule. Uh, ridiculous baseball. Three games today. The first one's at five for some reason. So we got to watch Nick Pavetta. I'm going to watch James Madison and College Softball World Series. I got to tell you, I don't mind another tangent here, but if you're listening to this show, it's a tangent every five minutes. The College Softball World Series has been so much fun for me to watch. I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And, and, and yes, every five minutes I say to my wife, why can't I hit like that? But the point is, <laughs> I love watching this college world. James Madison has never been here before and yeah. then they won a game and then somehow good job NCAA they're playing baseball at 2 30 in the morning on Saturday because they had to get the game in anyway there's two games I think they're on ESPN today I'm a company man three, three Watch games three college world series games oh two college world series okay I, I thought you meant the MLB ones yeah you're right we're, we're not oh no 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 yeah. I'm much more interested two games. right now in the college world series then there's two games yes. I want to see Montana pitch and Odyssey pitch <sighs> and I know Steve's listening and go JMU anyway three games on MLB schedule one on ESPN Albert Azale and Ryan Weathers um, you have to be more interested in Azale even against yes. the Padres because he has a shot to get a win and Weathers does not yes 
And he has a shot to have a two-star week for you, so keep that in mind. That uh, that rotation is a little bit uncertain for the week. That's based on whether Cole Stewart makes a pitch uh, there. But I love what Azalea's done. The slider's been performing extremely well. The control has been better than I expected. I'd use him here. And more importantly, would you use Royals right-hander Jackson Kowar, who makes his Major League debut at the Angels and luckless Dylan Bundy. Uh, two weeks ago, we loved Alec Manoa of Toronto. First outing, great against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Second outing, not so great. B- bunch of home runs. Mm-hmm. We should not compare Kowar to Manoa in nope. terms of skills or chance for a win today or really much of anything. He had major minor league numbers. He's really good. That team has Otani and and Upton and nobody else, really. I mean, Rendon's not hitting. So would you – and Kowar's second outing of the week is against – Ooh, it was somebody that would be where at I, Oakland, which isn't horrible. Um, big ball. It's park. not horrible. It's not favorable. Would you activate Kowar in a weekly right now over or Manoa? Uh, for for the two starts versus one, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't have a problem with either one matchups wise for the week. You know, Manoa is. Uh, I forget which one he. Why do I feel like Manoa has the White Sox? I, I'll have to look that up. I think he does. Yes. Yeah, which, I mean, granted, righty, you want a righty going up against them. Um, in in Kowar's case here, the road part of it is what bothers me, and it actually is what deflates his projection. But we see the variability of young players. Logan Gilbert we can bring into this. He struggled at the beginning and has now had some decent outings in his past two. Um, road in two pitching-friendly parks, but not great matchups on paper. But I'm going with the volume here. I think he's highly likely to make those two starts And the first start, as I've said, the math says if you're going to use a prospect, the best time to do it is in start number one. All right. So Jackson Kowar, we'll keep an eye on him, and we'll probably discuss that on Thursday. Um, How do you feel about him in general if you're ranking him overall today without seeing him? I'm going to say this, and people are going to think it's weird. I have no idea, Tristan. What he did in AAA means very little to me. Mm -hmm. So until I see him in the majors, I mean, I thought Logan Gilbert was going to be a monster. I still think he's going to be great. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what Kowar is going to do. I'll say this. Adding guys like Kowar and Gilbert um, Manoa, I mean, like I've got Zach Davies in a league where it's been really I, – I have no bench, and it's and it's hard to release pitchers. Yeah, I would rather have Kowar just on the shot that he's really, really good than a lot – like I would rather have Kowar than Dylan Bundy right now. What Bundy's doing is hurting a fantasy team, and it's a third into the season. I know right. it sounds crazy. I rank Bundy over – I don't even rank Kowar right now, and I will. But why would you keep going with Dylan Bundy? Like, it's just not happening. Yeah. It's not, something's wrong. It's not yeah. working. Yeah. Pick up a kid and see what he does. Pick up the Braves lefty and see what he does. His name escapes him. But I'll Tucker, get... Tucker Davidson. Tucker Davidson. Um, I, I can pick up Tucker Davidson to replace Zach Davies in a league. And I'm thinking of doing it because I know what Davies is offering. He's not even going five innings. He's never going to win. Yeah. So, and if he's, I mean, he doesn't get the K's to warrant the spot exactly. on your fantasy roster if he's not doing any of the things you're describing. Kowar, by the way, I, I, I keep singing the praises of the pitching friendly Kauffman Stadium confines. I mean, that is one of the most homer deflating ballparks, if not the most so in baseball. And I don't think people realize that. That is a very good thing for a young player trying to adapt to the majors. And I think this is a firm commitment. I think he's up. I think this is his job now. Tuesday on ESPN Plus, the last game of the day, Zach Davies of those Cubs at San Diego and Denelson Lamette. Since our last show, I may have been proven very wrong uh, in which I ripped Blake Snell and Lamette. So I want your opinion here. And honest, if I'm wrong, say I'm wrong. I've been wrong a lot. But Snell, like, threw seven no-hit innings or one-hit innings against the Mets a, a day after I said drop him in ESPN leagues because he can't, he's not, not efficient, he can't win, and his whip is a, is a million. And Lamette, actually, they're building his pitch count up. 
it's going from like 40 to 60 to 70. Mm-hmm. Should you roster Lamette and Snell in ESPN Standard Leagues? Yeah, but it's always tied to what is the replacement. And I, looking at what's out there on the free agent list, I'm saying that, yeah, they should be rostered because I'm not over one. I mean, remember, I'm writing about pickups two times a week, and I can't, I often can't find enough starting pitchers that I, that warrant letting guys like that go who have the raw talent that those two do. Would you rather have, you wouldn't rather have Jackson Kowar than either of these Padres? Would you? I might, I might over lament. See, lament is a tough read because he, you know, if we're going to mention the injury risk of those hitters, the Mondeses and judges, et cetera, lament on the pitching side belongs very firmly at or near the top of that ranking. No, I agree. And I, and the fact that Snell did that in his first outing after I ripped him is just coincidence. The next outing can be terrible. So if you trade for him, you, there's a risk here. He's not efficient all of a sudden. He just right. faced Thomas Nito or whoever the Mets threw out there that day. I just, I'd be careful here. It could um, be that he's a, a very strong matchups play. And sometimes that player needs to remain on your roster, but they're going to be the ugly out. Like I'd never use Snell in LA or in Coors Field. Forget it. No. I wouldn't use anybody in those places. I mean, in fairness, in a normal, are you, are, I mean, I don't want to keep comparing him to other pitchers, but the fact is he still scares me quite a bit. Despite I mean, what he did. On but you're, you're, you're not going to sit. You're not going to blanket sit everybody at Coors Field. You're not. I know you're not. You're going to play DeGrom there. Well, of course. But, you know, I played Herman Marquez sense, there because I liked the matchup. I thought that a, a weaker offense was coming in. I played Herman Marquez. I seem so, to guess wrong on him all the time in a weekly league. And I, you know, I have him in a weekly league and I just guess wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it so happens in that weekly league, which is tout. I traded for two starting pitchers. They've been great. Peralta has been fantastic. It was a good mm-hmm. trade. But yeah. now I have too many pitchers because I also had Lucas Sims on my bench waiting for saves. Now he's getting them. And, and then I had someone else. And like now I got like 12 pitch, pitchers I want active. Marco Gonzalez is one of them. Um, he's at Detroit on Tuesday. We know what he's, he's good at. I mean, he's an innings guy, not a huge strikeout guy, but I think better than most people realize. Good whip, solid, goes deep enough in the games to win. They score. They don't score a ton of runs, but... Now that J.P. Crawford's leading off, they've been better. First outing is the Tigers. I don't know who the second one is. But I like Marco Gonzalez as a potential top 50 starting pitcher. So I wrote in the forecaster that there is the possibility that there would be that second. I'm leaning right now strongly towards it's not going to happen because Justin Dunn is supposed to come back during the Cleveland series. I think it's a Detroit and Cleveland, which is would be great for the Mariners pitchers. I would start Gonzalez here because this matchup is great. The points that you're making about him are absolutely valid. The pitch count could be slightly limited. I don't think it's going to be that much. But even on the one start, yes. Wednesday has day action, so get those daily lineups in early. Uh, Di Sclafani, Kyle Gibson is the first game of the day. It's very interesting. Those are two pitchers that, uh, other than not, never being in my kitchen, I don't fully trust either one of them, and I suspect you're the same. You like Kyle Gibson more than I do, the ground ball tendencies, more strikeouts than before. Di Sclafani, more of a home pitcher, but at Texas is kind of like being at home. So Di Sclafani versus Gibson the rest of the season, do you trust either, and who would you rather have? I don't trust either the rest of the year. Good. Uh, I would, you know what? I'm going to go with Di Scalfani and just say that there's a Giants pitching thing. And that's the only reason why Gibson's a little bit more slider reliant. It's a slight change in the pitch selection. And that's the only reason I've backed him much at all. But you're right. These guys, these guys feel like they're just beneath the ESPN standard cutoff in general, but you got to think about them each matchup. And this is a good one for both. 
Disco. Go with Disco. It will never die. Go Bee Gees. ESPN in the last, <laughs> last game of the day has Brad Keller and Griffin Cannon. I don't want to I don't want to add either of those guys. Um Alec Manoa is on ESPN Plus against Lance Lynn. That's a fun one. Toronto, yes. Chicago. Good there. How about it? Would you start Manoa since we brought it up with no, the I Chicago benched game? him. I have a weekly league in which I actually picked up Kowar, dumped Patrick Corbin, who pitches at Tampa on Wednesday, and benched Manoa, who killed me last week. Mm-hmm. Would you have done the same thing? Add yeah. Kowar, cut Corbin, bench Manoa. Yes, I likely would have. I'd feel pretty good getting those two young arms in my rotation. I actually, I, the biggest concern I have is just are, are they innings pitch capped? But you know what? Corbin's just not getting it done start over start. No, it's four straight outings. He's given up three or four runs and like five and a third. I'm done. I, He's I, had a I, couple of just golden outings, but it's few and far between. It's the slider. He can't. He can't harness it from start to start. Um, I've had I enough. I think that's the fastball velocity. I think that has had a lot to do with it. It's easy to wait on the slider. Yeah, yeah. That they go in tandem is what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Tucker Davidson's at Philly. Um, I feel weird picking up Tucker Davidson. He's a walker. Now they'll give him every opportunity here, and Philly, you know, doesn't draw a ton of walks. But I just and it's not a great offense. But still, like I can't trust him yet. No, I, I need more evidence. I think he is one of those guys who's going to endure a bit of a rocky adjustment to the majors start over start. I think it's going to take him the good 30, 40 starts before he gets really into a groove. Kyle wanted us to pick a DFS pitcher for Wednesday, Discofani. Disco at Texas or Taiwan Walker at Baltimore. Both good options. Did you know Taiwan Walker was out there in tout NL? I did not. Why? Why would that be? Uh, I would presume it's trying to cash in for the fab as we try to pile up for the trade deadline. If you have a, a, a an extensive amount of, but he's pitching. really good. There's no reason he should have been available, but in the league, you can cut players that they go on the IL. It's just one of the options in towers. And if you want to pile up your fab, I, I get it. So he's, he sold for 550 or something like that at a thousand budget, which I'm not surprised by. I will go disco. You I always go disco, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a disco fan. You know that. <laughs> Although I got my disco stew shoes. <laughs> I do. I've got the I've got the fish shoes. I'll put them I'll on. I'll be listening to Gloria Gaynor as soon as the show ends. All right, trivia. Um, it do- doesn't look like we have Kyle um, a connection problem, so I'll read the trivia and he'll text me the answers after. Um, who are the top three players in terms of multi-hit games this season? I have no idea, but we'll get to the answer after hash. Browns. Jesse Winker. <laughs> I mean, I think Bake McBride's probably not one of them. Dylan's question: Moving on from either Jake McGee or Yimmy Garcia. Romano and Tyler Rogers types available on the wire types or actually available. Um, I don't see how you can cut McGee or Yumi Garcia. Garcia got a weekend save. McGee is in a tandem with Rogers. All right, let's start with this one. McGee or Rogers rest of the season, the two giants. I'm actually going to say McGee there. And I don't know why I really don't have a reason. I mean, I he's better. Rodgers is, is all he? deception. Rodgers is all deception and ground balls. Yeah, but this, but deception can work and give you high, you know, like I, McGee has not looked good over the past two months. That's the problem. I, I let him go in my points league. Or actually, no, I put in a request to let him go in my points league. Because um, I, I just don't think the volume is going to be there. And you need a full-time closer in that league. But I, I think I just feel safer with him. I put in a request for a meatball parm in my points league, and I haven't gotten an answer yet. And I don't know why. And I have no is, reason. Is the doorbell going to ring with that delivery I recommended? <laughs> I never do. I haven't done delivery once during this pandemic, actually. Um, I go I don't out. I think I have either, yeah. I, I just wear 
masks. Have you but, done curbside um, or you to go in? I've done both. Like at Panera, Panera, I yeah. have done both there. Oh, I did have, the drive-thru at Panera. They have the cookie I like. You know that, right? Oh, I the know. Cookie. That's yep. the size cookie I'm talking about. You can eat a third of that and you, yeah. you're fine for three or four days. Yep. All right. Um. Anyway, to answer Dylan's question, I would keep McGee and Garcia and not cut either for Romano and Tyler Rogers. I, I would cut McGee for Romano, but that's just a gut. That's my gut talking, my gut that doesn't have and meatballs yet. It is quite a gut. Um, it is. Trevor writes, 10-team Roto, we have four injured spots and six bench spots. That's a lot. Currently in second place. Am I greedy to keep all seven of my injured guys rostered? Buxton, Grisham, Laureano, Seeger, who's back this week, Luke Voigt, Strasburg, who may never be back, and Severino. That's a, I mean, if you have the room, go for it. But my expectations on Luis Severino are pretty low right now. You have to keep Buxton, Grisham, Laureano, Seeger, Voigt, and Strasburg. Severino would be last out of the seven. You're not greedy. You're doing well. Still two-thirds of the season left. But tell me, Tristan, what you expect from Severino. Limited pitch counts for a deep portion of the year, but I actually – I'm mildly optimistic about him. I think he can give you a comparable level of production to Jamison Tyone probably, and I know that sounds like a disappointing thing, but I'm, I'm trying to target the volume. I'm trying to target the innings pitch total. I think there will – I think there might be a good September, a good six-start stretch for him. And and it's okay to keep all these injured list guys because I mean Grisham is on a rehab assignment. He could be back this week. Buxton could be back this week. Mm-hmm. Laureano's not long term. Seager's back this week. I mean, you have to keep these guys. All right. This is a greedy does not belong in the lexicon for fantasy. It's not. The only place in which you could be greedy is that if you're trying to extract an unreasonable too much volume in a trade from your counterpart. That's the only place greedy belongs, don't you think? Gre- greedy belongs when you think Adolis Garcia is going to continue to hit 290 and hit 45 home runs. That's greedy, okay? Or John Gant. That's the definition of greedy. Expecting a 160 whip and a 160 ERA to keep going at that level. No, 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 huh? no, no. The ERA is going to triple, and it started to this weekend. But but it's as far as labeling it for hoarding resources. It's the word should be wise. Am I wise to keep all seven? And yes, I yes. think this, you if are. You can, yes, you are. Um, I don't even know how to answer that. Randy, which hitters are you targeting in trades? Guys that are underproducing based on their deeper stats. I mean, we're in June. So if you're not hitting, I mean, like Alec Bohm, who I watch every day, well, not as much every day, but like that's gonna get better. His his velocity is is his rates are in line with last season, but it's a lot of BABIP and a lot of frustration hitting baseballs right at people, just like my softball team yesterday. I think Alec Bohm's a buy low, but I, even in an ESPN standard, I don't even think you, you even need to bother. Um, is there someone, a hitter or two, that stands out to you that you buy low on right now? Like, I guess Jose Breo fits into that, but I don't know. You tell me. He does a little bit. I'm trying to. Because that batting average has to go up. I'm I'm so digging up some of the expected metrics and I'm very big on these uh you know things like the expected batting average expected weighted on base average because that's uh taking similar batted balls with the launch angle and the exit velocity and giving you a realistic league-wide average outcome and then applying it to each at bat they have. Alex Kirilov actually is one of the highest okay. uh on the unlucky list. I'm a little surprised to see that Jorge Soler is up there. Freddie Freeman is actually kind of high on that list. Juan Soto, you mentioned Bohm. Bohm is kind of high on the list. Michael Conforto shows up there. Kyle Tucker's still there, but I think you kind of missed your opportunity. We we warned you weeks ago. Want to do the pitching side? Well, I want to ask you about Jared Kelnick first because he's over sure. for his last million. He's up and, there. 
And Davey keeps texting us. It's literally over 37 now, and I'm surprised he's still in the majors. What do you do with Jared Kelnick and the ESPN standard? You just cut him now? I hate to do it, but the, the reality is at this pace, he's going to need to get either demoted or benched. And you can't afford in our game to sit and wait through that. I don't think there's going to be a mad rush to get him off the waiver wire if you let him go. What I'd recommend is do it monitor him each and every day after that point. Cause I think there's going to come a point this year where he puts up production for you. It's just, it might not be until August 1st. We'll see. All right. You wanted to do some pitchers? Yeah. Let's go through the pitchers. Luis Castillo still shows up there. He's one of the biggest good outing over the weekend. Six yep. strong Very innings. So. Yep. Dylan Bundy's up there. Wow. I'm surprised. Hmm. Cause that looks messy. Um, yeah. and, and I'm last I looked at Bundy, I was like, I'm not buying low, but you're, so you're saying we should. I'm not going to write him off for the rest of the year, but I, I I agree with you that I'm concerned. It's I'm a little surprised to see him there. Lucas Sims, we mentioned. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is definitely up there. Um, let's see some other. Will Smith, wow, 275 expected ERA. I'm a little surprised. Yeah, by he's that. giving up runs like almost every outing now, which is yeah. painful. Yeah. Jamison Tyone. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about durability? I don't know, but. Um... They will. Ca- I told you at the beginning of the year they'll cap them in the one twenty five, one thirty inning pitch range. I'm I'm pretty sure of it. Um, last uh, hash brown, Brandon. Are the Rays ever going to give Wander the call? Is he still your number one prospect to stash for redraft? He still is. Yes, uh, I can make the case for Vidal Bruhan coming up before him, actually. But I think Wander is a really special prospect. So before the all-star break? I'm kind of leaning towards no, it doesn't happen. I that's that really is a tough one. I, I mean, Kohar was there until this I mean, they're rolling along. Why would they push anything right now? They're winning I mean, this way. And and I'd argue in some ways Bruhan is having the better year. Okay. So they're gonna play short and third though in the final two months of the season, yeah. Tampa Bay is going to win a hundred games in the world series. Or Franco could play third. You could put Bruhan at second. You could put, uh, you could keep uh, Wells at short. You could throw uh, Lau into the outfielder DH. So much versatility. I mean, that's such yeah. a good team. I love that team. And I, I think mean. that's the reason they're not rushing here is there's no need to do it. All right. Well, there's some need to answer the trivia question because we're running out of time on today's show. And again, Kyle is kind of listening, but he can't get on because Squadcast isn't working properly. I ran a query to get the answers. I haven't looked at them yet. Oh, well, I have the answers. I haven't looked at them yet. So I want to see if you know, and I'm going to tell you what my, if I, if this was a draft, my first guess for most multi-hit games this season would obviously be Adam Frazier. Because I think he yeah. leads the league in hits. Yeah. That <laughs> so that seems like one of them, guess. but it's probably not one of the answers. And my okay. next guess would have been Castellanos. What are your guesses? Because I know he's up there in hits. Yeah, I would say Winker, Mullins, and Trey Turner. I know they're they're pretty high on the list too. And and I also would have guessed the the Texas shortstop. Um, oh, Kiner Falefa, that's a good guess. Kiner Falefa, who he plays every day. Yeah, and does and he's hitting like two eighty. He's a really underrated player, and he's got like ten steals. I like Connor Falefa. The, not the, for power, but with a question like this, I'm usually looking for a one-two man in the lineup. Somebody who's going to have Tommy a game. Edmund would be on my list. There's a good one. Yep. Who else would fit that mold? All right. So he just texted me the answers, and we've named all three. So oh, okay. Um, I was I was 
I was right on Adam Fraser. He's third with 22. Okay. And Castellanos has the most with 26. And you were right with Trey Turner, who has um, 23. Wow. Okay. So we nice. got all three of those. So we partnered it up. <laughs> um, we partnered it up, and Bake McBride was not one of the answers. Um, okay, um, running out of time right now. Any final thoughts that you have? So it's June. Yeah, let's and... talk. Let's talk this week. Yeah, let's talk about your forecast. This week is uh, is a heavy interleague uh, week. I think it's nineteen interleague games. Kind of the one today. It's a replay, the Boston Miami one that was rained out a week or two ago. Um, it's a light week. People need to be very careful about the pitching matchups this week. It's why I wanted to mention this. There are not going to be a lot of two-star pitchers. The ones out there are not some of the proven ones. So be really careful with your pitching matchups because there's a lot of teams playing only five times. Yeah, which stinks. You you like weeks where everybody's playing six or seven and you don't have to worry and overthink it a little bit. But mm-hmm. like that's why I, I I like volume in one of these leagues. And that's why I picked up Coar yeah. and, and sat and dumped Corbin because I need yeah. two starts. And hopefully they let him go five innings. But yeah. um, And it's seven games. That's unusual considering what the Royals have. So the fact that he's highly likely to get it is unusual. But in general, I would be making my decision on a pitcher this week based on only his scheduled first start. Be really careful. And remember, the Fantasy Forecaster is updated every day and probably more than once a day. So you can always find out who's playing home, which pitchers are, are scheduled to start, hitter ratings and everything. It's the best thing we do at ESPN Fantasy. It really is and helps every fantasy baseball manager manager. Even if you're in a weekly or a daily or a points or a a roto, whatever it is, um, go for it there. And I'd couple in the daily notes, which plays off the forecaster ratings. Both use the same formulas. Uh, So the daily notes will give you updated things just looking at only today. Forecaster's 10-day range as well as the week ahead. Sounds good. Fantasy Focus Baseball was presented by and always is by LinkedIn Jobs. Thank you to Kyle Sapi. We didn't hear from him today, but we know he's out there listening, pushing buttons, producing, researching. He does an awesome job. Tristan, happy Cockrupt does as well. And I'm Eric Carabell. All right, that's it for today. For Bake McBride and everybody else makes us love baseball. Go Dukes. Have an awesome week.